Welcome to Willard Church of the Nazarene. We're glad you're here. We can't wait to share the service with you.
Shine upon me.
We're going to be in Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32, happy pre-fourth. One of my favorite holidays. You get to shoot stuff and blow stuff. Stuff gets blown up. Uh, two of my favorite things. We were shooting, <laughs> we were shooting some tannerite in the woods. And uh, um, these like one pounders, which are small compared to some of the other things that you get in, in that stuff. Uh, like when we shot it, it like moved the hair on my legs, like the shock wave for it. And I'm like, only in America, right? Praise God. I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're not, not about that life, but I, I love it. All right. Jeremiah chapter 32, as you're turning there, I was reading in Exodus 19 and 20 today and about this account. And you ever read the Bible and you just get a good chuckle? It, it's this account about when um, God goes to Moses and said, hey, get the people ready. Get the people ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down to the top of this mountain, Mount Sinai, and, and uh, talk to the people. And immediately it struck me because we often, we often see as getting to the top of a mountain as some big accomplishment, right? You, you scale a mountain, that's a big feat and everything like that. And here's, here's our God, though. Our God has to stoop down to get down to the top of a mountain. What we think is some great accomplishment, our God stoops down to get there. Praise God, right? Well, the encounter goes on. Uh, Moses gets the people ready, and God comes down to the top of this mountain, and he speaks to the people. How many of you would love to have God speak out loud to you? Some of you? Yeah. Do you know how the people reacted? It scared the crap out of them. It terrified them. The Bible says they were trembling. They trembled. And you know what they told Moses? Don't ever let that happen again, right? Don't let, we don't want God to speak to us. You talk to God and then you come tell us what he said and we'll do whatever he says, right? That's how terrified they were at the presence of God. And it was a distance, right? They're at the bottom of the mountain. God's at the top speaking to them. The thunder comes, right? The, the awe comes. And, and I was just, I was reading that and I was like, man, I, I wish I had that reverence. For God, I need to have a better reverence for who God is and when he speaks. And I need to praise God that he speaks to us today and we have this always available today. What if, what if like the Israels, what if I trembled at what's in here? What if I had that awe and that respect and I dare not go against it, right? What if we all did that? That was something I, I was just reminded of reading those passages. I just want to remind us that, of the God that we serve. He's the creator of the universe, right? He came up with all the things that we marvel at. We see these pictures from millions of miles away. I don't know if that's an exaggeration, but I know they're far off. And we see these images and we're just blown away by the beauty of them. And he spoke that into being. That's our God. Then I'm reminded of just how amazing sight is. Have you ever thought about this? Do you, do you guys think about this or am I the only ones? Like you just sit there and you're like, isn't the ability that I'm able to see and see all these colors and see all these things just amazing? God created that. And then I, I got a cut, man. I, got, I was chopping some wood and I got some cuts and I'm like, isn't that amazing how our bodies, he created us so that we heal, 
Like, I have supernatural power so I can heal myself. You know, my body can heal. And that's just how he created. That's just a system that he created. But he, he came up with that. He came up with that design. And I'm just reminded about just how amazing he is. And that's just the natural stuff, right? That's just the stuff that we know about and we deal with. And then he goes well beyond that, and he does these miracles that go beyond the natural into the supernatural you know, what's my point? Where am I going with all this? I just want us to remind that God is the God of the impossible. Not the God of the improbable, right? Not, well, there's a 1% chance that that could happen, right? No, he's the God of the impossible. When there's no chance, there's no hope, there's no way, we don't see any way over that hill or past that hill or whatever that thing is in front of us. He is the God of the impossible and he makes a way, right? That's who we serve. And I want us to be reminded of that today. Nothing, nothing is impossible with him. Paul says in Ephesians 3.20, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Another translation says, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Praise God, right? We serve a God that does more than we can even imagine. More than we even think to ask him to do. He does those things immeasurably more. The things that he orchestrates the things that he just happens to put together with just his perfect timing just kind of blows my mind. Man, I'm trying to figure out how to be a good pastor and, and, and have a vision, and he's just throwing things in my lap that I'm not even thinking of, right? He's just orchestrating events. I'm, I'm texting people from a membership class, inviting them out, and I just happen to text somebody else, um, I don't know if you remember, it was last year, but Lanny and Kevin, we, Dawn got a call during, during church. She just happened to answer the call during church. Who answers a call during church, right? And it was somebody that was on drugs, and a friend of somebody on drugs. And they were like, hey, can you stop out there and, and reach out to this guy? And, and do it? So we did it, right? After church, we went to his house, and we met with him, and we, we tried to help him out and everything like that. And, and uh, I don't know if he's been on your mind for a while, but I've been praying for him ever since then, and just happened to text him year a year later. I don't know how long how long later, but had an amazing conversation with him and seeing where God is taking him and able to encourage him. And that's not even something I was really thinking about doing, but God did. That's the God we serve, right? He's able to do things where you don't even think about that we even come up with. I'm at work and 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 have an amazing conversation with a coworker about Christ and get to share my, my testimony. Because they just happened to be going through something that was the exact thing that I just happened to be going through, right? That's God. That's God lining things up. I wanted you to be reminded of that. We can't even imagine what God is up to or what he's capable of. Of and I praise him for that. I just want to. I just want his word to plant a seed in your in your hearts today, right? About that. 
I just want his word to plant a seed about what is possible through God in your life. I don't know everything that you're up against right now. I don't know what you're handling right now or what's coming in your face, what's standing before you, but I know that we serve the God of the impossible. Amen? Amen. Let's rely on him. Not the God of the improbable, the God of the impossible. A couple of weeks ago, we were in Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was this prophet commonly referred to as the weeping prophet. God gave him a word to share, and he shared that word. It wasn't a popular word, so they ignored it. In fact, we're going to tell you what, what they did to him. But one of, hey, God's judgment is coming. We looked at one of the most quoted, highlighted verses that that people love to share nowadays, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, right, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We love that passage, right? We have that passage on everything. We, we build a foundation on that passage. But we talked about, do we really understand the context of it. Do we really understand what's going on with these people that are hearing that message? Most people didn't know, right, what was going on to the people that heard that word from the Lord. But when you find out the context, it speaks even louder, even, even more so to what you're going through. People were, were being conquered and being carried off to Babylon, and God tells them, right, hey, you're going to be there for 70 years. You're you're likely going to die there, right? But, but I have plans for you. The, the other prophets were telling them lies. Hey, don't unpack. Don't settle in. God's going to get you out of this situation. He's going to bring you back to Israel. But Jeremiah says, no, you're going to be there 70 years. You're likely going to die here. But, but guess what? You can still make choices right now. And your kids are going to be brought back, right? God's going to bring them out of here. I just want us to have this balance. God is the God of the impossible. But that doesn't mean he just takes us out of certain circumstances that we're in and fixes them and makes them all right. Maybe that's what they told you when you, when you were looking at becoming a follower of Christ. Hey, if you follow Christ, everything's going to be great. It's true, but this world's going to hate you. This world's going to come against you. You're going to do stupid things, right? I've done stupid things, got in trouble. And he's not going to just get you out of all that stuff. Sometimes there's consequences to, to our disobedience. But that's not the end of the story. And that's what we have to remember wherever we're at right now. Like, like the people in Babylon, right? There, there's people dealing with loss today. But just like them, even with that loss God's working on your redemption story, right? There's a, there's a plan in place, not a plan to harm you, a plan to prosper you, a plan to give you a hope and a future, amen? No matter where you're at in your story right now, no matter what season you're in, your story can end in restoration and redemption. And just like with them, God has a plan. It cannot be stopped, 
It cannot be stopped. Nobody can stand against God. Nobody can come up against God. Nobody's even the, the slightest bit of a challenge to stand up to God. He's unstoppable. Put in, put in the Thanos, Thanos quote, right? Uh, I'm inevitable. That's our God. Nothing can stand against him. All right, Jeremiah 32, context, let me give you a little bit of that. The context is Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has, is building a siege wall to Jerusalem. At this time, cities had walls that were like 10 or 20 feet thick. When an army would attack, if you were not able to stand against that army or defeat that army, you would retreat into your fortified city and hide behind those walls. The attacking army had a choice. Does it try to break through those 10 to 20 foot thick walls? It would take a lot of time. It would take a lot of lives to try and do that. Instead, a lot of times what they would do is build these siege ramps. These siege ramps. So imagine this wall right here. They would build these large ramps. They would go and gather whatever they could, any rocks or boulders or or logs that they could find, and they would build these massive ramps to the top of your wall. And then as soon as they got those built, then they just the army would come over that wall into your city and attack you in that direction. That's what's going on in this case. The siege ramp is nearly complete to the city of Jerusalem, all right? Keep that in mind as we're, as we're reading this. They're, they're about to be conquered. Jeremiah's told them if this is coming, right? And, and I'm going to read a lot this, of this passage, but would you just kind of prepare your hearts to hear what the Lord has for you? I'm not going to ask you to stand. Like I said, it's a lot, but prepare your hearts. Jeremiah chapter 32, beginning at verse 1, the following message came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah. This was also the 18th year of the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. Jerusalem was then under siege from the Babylonian army, and Jeremiah was imprisoned. Get this. Jeremiah was imprisoned in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace. Why? They didn't like his message, right? Because the king didn't like what he was prophesying. Quit saying that, Jeremiah. Why don't you just get in line with what all the other prophets are saying? He didn't want to hear it, so he locked them up. And that should speak to us today. What do you do? What do I do when we hear God's message and we don't want to hear it? We don't like what God is saying. I'm going to put that away over here, right? I'm not going to go there. I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to find a preacher who tells me something a little bit different because I just don't agree with that, right? No, it, it's God's word. It's God's word. King Zedekiah had put him there asking why he kept giving this prophecy. This is what the Lord said. I'm about to hand this city over to the king of Babylon and he will take it. King Zedekiah will be captured by the Babylonians and taken to meet the king of Babylon face to face. He will take Zedekiah to Babylon and I will deal with him there, says the Lord. If you fight against the Babylonians, you will never succeed. Meanwhile, Nebuchadnezzar's army is getting closer and closer, right? The siege ramp is almost done. Verse 6, at that time the Lord sent me a message. He said, your cousin Hanamel, son of Shalom, will come away, come and say to you, buy my field in Anathoth. By the law, you have the right to buy it before it is offered to anyone else. You ever wonder why this is in here? Seems like a weird time, right? 
Then, just as the Lord had said he would, my cousin Hanamel came and visited me in the prison. He said, please buy my field at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. By law, you have the right to buy it before it is offered to anyone else, so buy it for yourself. Then I knew that the message I had heard was from the Lord. So I bought the field at Anathoth, paying Hanamel 17 pieces of silver for it. I signed and sealed the deed of purchase before witnesses, weighed out the silver and paid him. Then I took the sealed deal deed and an unsealed copy of the deed which contained the terms and conditions of the purchase and I handed them to Baruch son of Neriah and grandson of Messiah Messiah I did all this in the presence of my cousin Hanamel the witness who had signed the deed and all the men of Judah who were there in the courtyard of the guardhouse then I said to Baruch, as they all listened, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, take both the sealed deal and unsealed copy and put them into a pottery jar to preserve them for a long time. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, someday, hear this, someday people will again own property here in this land and will buy and sell houses and vineyards and fields. Then after I had given the papers to Brooke, I prayed to the Lord. Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you, right? We serve the God of the impossible. You, you show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring the consequences of one generation's sin upon the next. Dads. Hmm. Be careful about the sin we're passing down to our kids, right? We, we spoke about that on Father's Day. You are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. You see the conduct of all people and you give them what they deserve. You performed miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Things still remembered to this day. And you have continued to do great miracles in Israel and all around the world. You have made your name famous to this day. You brought Israel out of Egypt with mighty signs and wonders, with a strong hand and powerful arm, and with overwhelming terror. You gave the people of Israel this land that you had promised their ancestors long before, a land flowing with milk and honey. Our ancestors came and conquered it and lived in it, but they refused to obey you or follow your word. They have not done anything you commanded. That is why you have sent this terrible disaster upon them. See how the siege ramps have been built against the city walls. Through war, famine, and disease, the city will be handed over to the Babylonians who will conquer it. Everything has happened just as you said. And yet, O oh sovereign Lord, you have told me to buy the field, paying good money for it before these witnesses, even though the city will soon be handed over to the Babylonians. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? Verse 38. This is God's ultimate plan. They will be my people, and I will be their God, and I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever forever for their own good and for the good of all their descendants and i will make an everlasting covenant with them i will never stop doing good for them i will put a desire in their hearts to worship me and they will never leave me i will find joy doing good for them and will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant them in this land this is what the lord says just as i have bought, brought all these calamities on them 
so I will do all the good things I have promised them. Fields will again be bought and sold in this land about which you now say it has been ravaged by the Babylonians, a desolate land where people and animals have all disappeared. Yes, fields will once again be bought and sold, deeds signed and sealed and witnessed in the land of Benjamin and here in Jerusalem, in the towns of Judah and in the hill country, the foothills of Judah, and in the Negev too, for someday I will restore prosperity to them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it speak deep into our hearts. Lord, I pray that we'd have soft hearts. Open our eyes and our ears to the word you have for us. Lord, I pray that it would speak into people's lives. And I pray that we would go out of here and share the good news with people. Lord, I pray for every other church today, preaching Jesus Christ, declaring your word. Lord, would you bless them? And would you set them out, set them apart, and send them out into this dark world with the truth and hope that you have? Father, we love you and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. What is all of this saying? Big, big long time to read a lot of scripture, right? God is the God of the impossible. So my friends, take the position of faith. Fight for it, right? Fight for faith. Jeremiah said, I believe you. I believe your plans are for good and not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future, right? I believe you so much that even though the army is at the top of this siege ramp, these siege ramps and about to get into this city and destroy it, even though that's going to happen, I'm going to take my money, right? And buy this deed of land to this field. And I'm so confident in what you're saying, I'm going to do it publicly in front of everybody. I don't care how I look, right? I'm going to let everybody know about it. I so trust you and what you are saying. I'm going to put these deeds in a good jar, right? So that they last. So that when the time comes, the time that you said would come, that you promised would come, I'm going to be able to take them out and show people that I own this land, right? My friends, this is an awesome picture of faith. And I hope we get it. This is an often awesome picture of standing on faith. You see, Nebuchadnezzar isn't going to honor these deeds, right? Nebuchadnezzar isn't going to honor these deeds. The army's coming over the walls. They're going to burn and raise this whole entire place. They've probably already destroyed the land. It's, it's said it's desolate, the land that he's actually buy, buying. No one in this invading force is going to say, oh, you got a deed to that land, right? We're going to let you keep that. We're, we're not going to mess with it. You know, you just go do your thing on that property. No. But there's going to come a day, right, when God restores everything. There's going to come a day when God's going to do what he said he was going to do. And on that day, Jeremiah's got his deed. Jeremiah's going to be ready for it. Fight for faith. Take a position of faith and, and hold on to it, right? Hold on to that clay jar and, and deed. Here's the best part about faith. It's not about the size of your faith. It's about the object of your faith. It's not about the size of your faith. Oh, I don't have a lot of faith. No, it's about the object of your faith. Right? 
I was in Washington, D.C. back in early June, and uh, Ethan and I are going through this one estate, and they had these, these replica chairs. They had the original chair, right, these little spindly thin chairs, and they had these replica chairs, and I think they were like 850 bucks. Is that right, Ethan? Do you remember those chairs? Maybe 1850 I don't know. But I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, seriously? If I sit in that chair, and if I move a little bit, that thing's going to break, and I'm going to be on, my, on the floor, right? I need a big, sturdy chair, big piece of wood on there, you know, something that I can move around and something that I can lean back on, something that I can feel comfortable in and just trust in, right? Give me something big and, and blocky so I can plop down in it and not give anything a second thought. I, I would be super cautious if I bought that little spindly chair. With the, I mean, seriously, all the things, the legs, the, the things on it were like no bigger than that. I would be super cautious if I sat down in that chair. But you plop me down in a, in a chair like this or a, a big blocky chair, man. No problem with that. I want us to understand that today. It's not about the size of your faith. It's about the object of your faith. How big is your chair today? How big is your God today? Is he the God of the impossible Is he big enough to sit in? Even though the ramp's almost up over the wall. Or maybe in your life the ramp is already to the wall and and the army's already in there destroying everything. How big is your God? Is he big enough to trust even in the face of that? Is it big enough to trust the plan? When the army's coming over the wall, right, right now Nebuchadnezzar is the world power in this, this time period, Babylon, world power, right? You, you read enough through history, though, and, and, and in years it'll be somebody else. Then in years it'll be some other empire, some other person, and then years it'll be somebody else. And if you keep on reading history, you see that that's, those empires are constantly rising and falling, Right? But our God's still on the throne since day one. And nothing can come against him. We went through the Revelation series, right? The enemy came and he was cast down. Nothing can stand up to the God that we serve. He's on the throne. After Babylon came Cyrus and the Persian Empire, when when Babylon fell, a God movement happened. A, a, A person spoke up. Nehemiah is, is going to be released from prison with a vision to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. The wall is going to be rebuilt. The people are going to return to Jerusalem. The city is going to be vibrant once again, and God is going to be praised in Zion once more. Ultimately, Christ will be born a few miles away in a city called Bethlehem, and in 33 years, he'll return to the city and do what's impossible with man but what is only possible with God. In this same city that Babylon is about to crush, Babylon's about to destroy, about to overflow, people are about to come over these siege ramps on this. The Son of Man will come into this city six centuries from now, and he will do a miracle in this city, right? He will give his life as an atoning sacrifice for the sins of mankind. Amen?
The ground's going to shake. The veil's going to be torn in two. The tomb's going to be empty. Christ will rise and ascend. The Holy Spirit is going to fall. The church is going to be born in this city, right? The good news is going to come from this city and spread into the entire earth. That's God's plan. And nothing will stop it. We serve the God of the impossible and, and praise God that Jeremiah gives us this vision of what it looks like to stand on faith, right? To take a position of faith. And my friends, you and I can do the same exact thing. I, I believe that God wants us to see where he bought this field from, from his uncle. The field is, do you remember where? It's in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Geographically, it's about three miles north of Jerusalem on, on the edge of the Judean hills. Historically, it's the place where uh, Jeremiah was thought to be born. So he's buying the field of his birth. Let me take you back to Jeremiah 1.1. These are the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests from the towns of Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. The Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon. King of Judah. The Lord's messages continued through the reign of King Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, until the 11th year in the reign of King Zedekiah, another of Josiah's sons. In August of the 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. The Lord gave me this message I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. What a powerful and amazing word from the Lord. How do you respond to that? Here's, here's what Jeremiah says. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I said, I can't speak for you. I am too young. I, I just don't know what to say, right? The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today, I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. My friends, I believe that God wants us to understand that we were created on purpose for purpose. You were created on purpose for purpose by the God of the impossible. And I believe the God of the impossible wants to take you back to your Anathoth today. He wants to speak to you like he did to Jeremiah. Oh, you might be, not be a prophet to the nations, right? But the word of the Lord needs to come to you. Will you hear it? I knew you before I formed you. You get that? I knew you 
before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as whatever he's appointed you for. He gave you a role. He gave you a purpose. He set you on a course. He has a plan for you. Plans for good and not disaster. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I know for some of you, the siege ramp is almost to the top of the wall. There's a disaster coming. Or like I said, maybe the ramp's already there. And it's already come in there, right? But my friends, it's not over. Because you serve the God of the impossible. And I want to encourage you to fight for your purpose. I meet people that have everything. I I met a person that has everything except for a purpose in God. And that person was lost. And everybody around us would look at this person and say, wow, must be amazing to be you. But completely lost. Do you know your purpose? Do you know why God created you? You can find the majority of your purpose in the word of God if you'll just take the time to read it. You can find 80 to 90% right in here. There's about 10% though that's special, that's different. And that comes from spending time with him, him revealing that to you. But most people are too busy. You're too busy to be in here. You're too busy to spend time on your knees talking to him and you're missing out on your purpose. Don't miss that. And when you find it, stand on it. No matter what's going on, Before you were born, before you were born, he knew you. He knew you. He knew the purpose that he had for you. And he fashioned you for that purpose. He fashioned you. He gave you gifts. He gave you abilities. He gave you talents for that purpose. He set you apart. You might have gotten off track. You might be having to deal with a broken world, right? With broken people who do terrible things. You might have made mistakes yourself. You might have just ignored him, if we're honest. But it's not done. There's a redemption story that he's writing for you. If you'll give him your life. Every part of it. It's not too late. Maybe somebody is being told, this is the message of today, you're here by accident. Right? Maybe somebody feels like they're a mistake. Maybe somebody's being taught in schools that you're just here by random chance. You just evolved from a monkey. No. The God of the impossible who does amazing things who speaks a billion planets into being, into existence, fashioned you just the way you are. And it wasn't a mistake 
my friends. You might think it's a mistake. You might question why he did it that way, but it's not a mistake. He did it for a purpose. And if you take a stand on faith, if you fight for faith, if you just take that on faith, just that simple thing, my friends, what he can do with you will be amazing. You have a purpose. Find it. If you don't know what it is, find it. Jump in the pool, right? You don't know what, how I'm supposed to serve. Jump in the pool in an area. Swim around. Let him lead you in that direction. Just don't hide from it. Just don't run from it, right? And trust what he tells you. If he tells you something crazy, trust it because he's the God of the impossible. If he puts something crazy on your heart, trust it. Stand on it. Fight for it. Right? Would you stand with me? This world is a dark place, a broken place, and it needs people not that go to church. We got plenty of people that go to church. We don't need any more of those people. We need people that'll be the church. We need people that will go out of here. We need people that have been through horrible things and have seen God change their lives and can go to people who are dealing with horrible things and tell them about this God who totally flipped their lives upside down. Get involved in that. Be a part of that. Stand on that. Realize that you were created on purpose. Realize that you're not an accident, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's going on in your life. Find your purpose. Find your God. Submit your life to him. And he'll direct your path. He'll show you your purpose. Don't run from it. Don't just attend this church. Go attend some other church, right? If you just want to sit here. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to help you. You're going to stand before Christ on judgment day and he's going to be like, man, I had a purpose for you. I had a plan for you. And I don't want to be a pastor that says you're okay. Yeah, you you gave money or something like that, so you're good to go. Find your purpose. Find your plan. Find your reason for being here. Hey, it's not an accident you're here today. Find it. Search for it. Surrender your life to him more and more, right? He's the God of the impossible. And no matter what you're dealing with right now, if you think it's over, if you think you screwed up too much, heck no, right? No. Your, your redemption story's been written. Stand in it. Follow it. Buy your deed, right? I'm going to buy my deed. I don't care what that army looks like. I don't care what's coming over that wall. I don't care who this Nebuchadnezzar is. I'm going to buy that deed. Because that's what God said. Amen? Father, we love you. We love you that you are a God who who doesn't just see billions of people. You see us. You not only see us, but you fashioned us. You not only fashioned us and created us, but you did so with a purpose. Lord, last week we talked about everybody's purpose, right? To share the good news. That's what we're all called to do, to share our testimonies.
Lord, I pray that you'd remind us of that. I pray that you'd give us opportunities to do that, Lord. I pray when the enemy comes against these people in here and says, man, you're just a mistake. You screwed up too much. I pray that you would shut him up. Lord, I pray that they would remember that they were bought by you. I pray that they would remember the price that was paid on that cross for them and that they would stand in that. Lord, they would stand in your love, your acceptance, Lord. Father, don't let us people that just come to church, though. Lord, help us to be a part of what you're doing. Help us to find what we've been created by you to do, what we've been set apart for you to do. Lord, help us to surrender everything to that. Lord, we love you and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 You are dismissed.